The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show, and it's really great to have you back with us again for another of our podcasts. And people have really been enjoying listening to different views. Everyone who's doing their take, as it were, on something from the Nine Freedoms, which means one of the extracts from the Nine Freedoms, or one of the extracts from one of the lectures delivered by Dr. George King about the Nine Freedoms, are giving their own take on it, but they're all people who have dedicated their lives to following the path laid out in the Nine Freedoms. So there is, I can honestly say, real integrity here in this show. It's not people just espousing, like you'll get on so many stations, their own ideas and not trying to live them. All the people you're hearing from are living them to a greater or lesser extent. And we're going to hear from, and this is a real treat for us, for the first time, actually, from our producer today, Darren Ball. He's going to give his take uh, on this. Now, Darren, uh, you're all very familiar with. Um, uh, you know, actually, uh, I was told it's about time he pulled his weight around here. Not at all. Darren really, really is the anchor of this show, and he puts a lot of, lot of work into it. And, of course, do please bear in mind, we have a lot of archived shows, and most of them uh, will be my take on various aspects of the Nine Freedoms, so we're moving into a new era here. And Darren is a staff member in London. And in addition to producing this show, he helped to start 12blessings.org, which is a fantastic thing to have done. And of course, that really came into its own as never before during the pandemic. Uh, and of course, we're keeping that going now. We have very regular things. And Darren was one of the real uh, architects of that very, very important effort. 12blessings.org and the online services done from there. Outside of his work for the society, for the Ethereum Society, uh, because he's not employed by us, he's active in tech startup world, uh, helping founders to go from idea to implementation. That's what we do here also on the Spiritual Freedom Show, from idea to implementation. So today he's going to be talking about an extract from a lecture on the eighth freedom, that's Saturnian existence, and that lecture is by Dr. George King. It turned four times and evolved to interplanetary level. Now, the wheel turned 1,980 times and it evolved to secondary Saturnian level. It's quite a big difference, you know, a very big difference between secondary Saturnian level and interplanetary level. Now, it turned 9,458 times to get to primary Saturnian level. Tremendous difference between a man from Venus and primary life on Saturn. Colossal difference. This means that secondary Saturnian level 
is 495 times more evolved than interplanetary level. And if you've ever met a man from another planet, you won't be able to believe this. You'll think, my God, how can anything be more 495 times more evolved than that without being one of the superlords? Well, the people on Saturn are. That's secondary Saturnian level, not primary. The primary Saturnian level is something like this. 2,346 times more evolved than interplanetary level. Difficult to imagine, very difficult to imagine. But there it is, and there's the formula that was given to us. Take this into the silence with you. You will be better when you come out of it, says Mars Sector 6. By that he means, not, not that you will learn what it means so much, as your awareness will become increased. And with an increase of awareness comes a deeper appreciation for the greatness of all things, comes an appreciation for those things which are really sacred. When you go out again at night and you see the, the planet, Saturn, shining in the sky, you will probably remember these things. I was talking the other day to a friend of mine about a video he saw on YouTube featuring a couple of scientists talking about the Fermi paradox, uh, named after a physicist called Enrico Fermi. And for anyone who's not familiar with this, the Fermi paradox is basically described as the conflict, on the one hand, between the lack of clear, obvious evidence for extraterrestrial life, and on the other hand, the various high estimates for its existence. And as you can imagine, there's been many attempts to explain the so-called paradox by the mainstream scientific community. For example, one hypothesis is that intelligent extraterrestrial life is rare or non-existent, or that they do in fact exist, but for various reasons, humans see no evidence. Now, one of the biggest changes I've noticed in myself since finding the Ethereum Society about 13 years ago is the growing realization that intelligent extraterrestrial life is real. Previous to the Ethereum Society, to be honest, I never gave it a second thought. I was interested in psychic and spiritual powers, but UFOs and ETs just never registered. And in the context of an ordinary worldly life, you know, life on other planets is a pretty remote idea in so many ways. But I am certain now that it is one of the most important truths that we can discover. Important to our own enlightenment and important to what we can do to help change the world. I chose this extract from Dr. Kim because I think it underscores in a completely unique way something that people haven't necessarily considered. Certainly not the mainstream scientists debating this paradox. Namely, that even in our own solar system, there is intelligent extraterrestrial life so advanced as to be beyond our true comprehension. Think consciousness that is hundreds of millions, even billions of years more evolved than our own. Even simply reaching what is considered interplanetary level, what Mars Sector 6 describes as the wheel turning four times, is something we have not yet achieved on Earth, even after 18 million years that we have been here, according to Dr. George King. So even at that level, we are already talking about greatness. And yet the consciousness of a being at the primary Saturnian level is likened to the wheel turning 9,458 times. And that's not a hypothetical equation. That is a measure. That is the formula that Mars Sector 6 gives to us. We don't understand what that means. I certainly don't understand what that means, except to acknowledge that we are talking about ETs who are basically 
godlike in comparison to our own level of advancement. Because these civilizations are so advanced, they exist on a higher level of existence than our own, one that our science cannot yet detect, but that one day it will. No surprise then that we're not overwhelmed with physical evidence when we look at these other planets and even when we go there. I mean, when NASA and others have sent probes to Mars and Venus, for example, it's as if they've been searching in the basement for someone who lives in the penthouse. That said, you know, there's no, there's no shortage of evidence if you're really looking. I mean, even on Earth, there are many realms of existence above and below this one. There's ample evidence for life after death, for reincarnation, and for these other realms, thanks to the work of many psychic mediums and people with first-hand experience throughout the years, including Dr. George King and including Richard, too. And there are many well-authenticated UFO sightings, even physical contacts, witnessed by tens if not hundreds of people that cannot be explained by mundane phenomena or even secret government technology. Can we really ignore all of this? All of this evidence? I couldn't. There are even hundreds of messages, like the Nine Freedoms, given through the expert mediumship of Dr. George King, from enlightened extraterrestrials speaking to Earth. That's the claim. And if this is the first time you've heard of these messages, you owe it to yourself to check them out and see what you think. I'll tell you why in terms of my own experience. Because even if you don't assimilate the words at first, simply listening to or reading these messages will still gradually raise your consciousness and open your mind to the reality of extraterrestrial life, which is simply awesome in the true sense of that word. It has completely changed my perspective on the universe and our part in it. There's just something so profound about knowing in my heart that beyond the mundane materialism of our everyday existence, there is life on Mars, Venus, Jupiter, Saturn, among others, which represents our true spiritual destiny. You know, as a boy, I looked up at the Milky Way on backpacking trips through Indonesia and Australia. I saw the planets and the stars, but I only saw the probability of life. I was open-minded, but I didn't realize the truth. Now, I look up and I bless those godlike beings who look back at me into my soul. Message to the producer. Book that man again. <laughs> Very good, Darren. And thank you for your insights. And yo, on the Spiritual Freedom Show, we don't ignore it. And uh, But it's interesting, isn't it? That evolution is exponential. That's what also came home to me. Mm. These massive changes. And when you think about it, the more advanced you are, the more you can advance. So it's not Absolutely. like a straight line. It, it increases just, just as spiritual energy increases exponentially. Uh, because it expands and, um, you know, you get accumulation of energy from a more powerful energy. So it, it, it's not linear, it's exponential. But thank you for those insights very much. Now, I think we've got time, as we always do, for a question, a comment. These are, are one of our, certainly my favourite bits of the show, where we hear from our listeners. And thank you again, everyone, for the comments you're sending in. And they, they are very interesting. So, Darren, what do you have for us today? Yeah, I certainly do have a very interesting question here. I'll just say before I do that, that if you're tuning in with us for the first time, you can certainly find out more about the Nine Freedoms, Mars Sector 6, and Dr. George King by visiting our website, ethereus.org. Um, so something that other people may have experienced too, actually, in this one here. In fact, I wonder how many of our listeners have experienced something like this. And do let us know if that's you. You can write to us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. This one goes as follows. 
Hi, although I'm progressing along my spiritual pathway, albeit very slowly, I became conscious of a darker side of the spiritual realm when I was physically punched by what appeared to be a spiraling force of energy as I lay half awake early one morning. My question is, number one, how do I protect myself on my journey against the unknown? And number two, does this force belong to our planet? Okay, I, I would answer the second question. I'd be almost all but absolutely certain that it does belong to this planet, first of all. I, I don't believe a lot, a lot of the stories of extraterrestrial interference. I don't think it would be allowed by the cosmic masters in this solar system, number one. And number two, uh, it wouldn't be worth their while to be targeting people lying in beds and taking them off and doing nasty things to them or even to some cattle. So I, I think, yes, it comes from this earth. There is interference on this earth. There always has been. Uh, we can't, we can dance around this. Some people don't like to look at it, but it is a fact. But the good news is there's also tremendous help. There's tremendous inspiration and there is protection. There's a brilliant uh, lecture by Dr. King which, we, which is available through our website called Psychic Self-Defense with exercises on it that really, really work. Um, the violet flame practice, which has been done on this show and led on this show before, is a wonderful practice, uh, and you can gain access to that, but it's basically visualizing a violet flame coming up all the way through you, even if you're in a bed, all the way through your body coming from the Mother Earth, that's a very protective thing. And there are other exercises you can do and in realize you're in a potential. Uh, and I, I shamelessly plugged that book. I don't get any royalties from it. And I'm honored because it isn't my book. I co-authored it. It's Dr. George King's book. And you'll find practices in there that really do work. But please remember that interference is only one aspect. The main thing, too, is the great help, the great inspiration, the blessing and the love that we receive from higher powers, including the wonderful intelligences in this solar system and even beyond this solar system who look down upon us, not least the ones Darren was talking about earlier from Saturn. And I think that really does bring us to the end of this show on that positive note and always remembering the words we close every show with, that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. <laughs> The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show. Welcome back. More inspiration coming your way. I'm very pleased that today we're going to be hearing from a good friend of ours, Paul Nugent, who's an international director of the Ethereum Society. He's lectured on the teachings of the Society for over 20 years on TV, radio, at universities, churches, and other venues. And he spent many years, actually the latter years of Dr. King's life, at his side. And he's been very active in interfaith in the United States, serving as a board member of the Southern California Committee for a Parliament of the World's Religions. 
But today he's going to what we here believe to be the greatest teachings on earth. And Paul certainly, I think, would echo that. And certainly his life would echo it too. That's what is very, very important to us. Because always remember, and the Tibetans knew this, and some of the, all the ancient, real, genuine mystics knew this, that to convey a teaching, you have to live it. It's not oratory. That may help. It's not communication skill. That may help. What really carries a teaching is, is the teacher living it themselves in their life? And all the people who come on this show and speak about the nine freedoms are trying and are succeeding to some degree to do just that. So today, Paul's going to be talking to us about an extract from the third freedom service. There are many ways to serve upon terror. Look around you and see ignorance, suffering, want, hate, greed, selfishness, war, murder, robbery, violence in every form. See how people, the young ones, are being deluded. There are many ways, indeed, to serve. By your service, you can help to heal those who are sick, and you should. By your service, you can help to give encouragement and strength to those who are depressed and weak, and you should do this. Well, when I you know, reread this particular passage from The Third Freedom, and you know, I can easily relate it to uh, a period in my own life um, when it had a very strong impact um, on my thinking and caused me to, if you like, even change um, the, course, the, the course of my action as it was at that time. Uh, I was working in the wine trade and I was actually studying to become a master of wine. And in fact, on Thursday evenings, uh, I had classes, um, important classes actually for for the um, you know process of working towards becoming a master of wine. But the Aetherius Society, and I wasn't even a member of the Aetherius Society, but I was uh, actively participating in their activities. And on Thursday evenings, they had Operation Prayer Power, and so I was in a put in a sort of dilemma 
do I go to my Master of Wine classes or do I go to um, Operation Prayer Power, which was held at a, a hall, outside hall at the time in London. And there was actually no sort of question or doubt, as much as I was on the one hand aspiring towards becoming a Master of Wine. But um, this whole aspect of um, service in our world um, look around you and see ignorance, suffering, want, hate, greed, selfishness, war, murder, robbery, violence in every form um, was profoundly true. And it was those things were actually more important to me, uh, or at least helping to try and resolve those things than my own wishing to become a master of wine. Uh, and I could see beyond um, serving the or helping the Aetherius Society, uh, joining with its activities, particularly Operation Prayer Power, was far more um, valuable and, and, and more personally valuable, more important in my own sort of karmic evolution um, than, than, you know, just pursuing my career. Not that my career was unimportant, but this in the grander scheme was more important. And... Um, and it marked a very sort of um, significant changing point. Well, it was part of a change that was taking place together with in other practices, of course, of the Twelve Blessings, um, and all the sort of literally cosmic work that the Ethereum Society was engaged in. This was tackling the real root of the problem, as I saw it, and as certainly as the Ethereum Society saw it, as, as George King saw it, and as the cosmic, cosmic masters saw it. Um, this sort of profound ignorance and and um, suffering that we have on our world, and uh, so that's why I picked this um, uh, particular passage. Thank you so much, Paul, and a great choice. And of course, now Paul is like a lot of us is studying to become a master of life, not just a master of wine. So, <laughs> right choice yeah. there, Darren. I think he made. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's interesting that extract too by Mars Sector Six. And as always, whenever we hear Mars Sector Six, we're not hearing just philosophy or just teaching. We're hearing law. We're hearing mm. what is, really, whether we like it or not. And I always come back to this thing, Darren, that, you know, we have to see what we believe. I was asked this actually quite recently, you know, what is the purpose of life? That's what I always wanted to know, really, from the age of 14 mm. anyway. And I think there's lots of people out there want to know that. And, you know, they might have a very good life, but it's somehow not hitting the spot somewhere until they get a real purpose that really matters. A more advanced person needs more than just a good life. Let me put it that yeah. way. Uh, an enjoyable life, a happy life. They need more than that. They need purpose. And to me, it's how can I give the greatest possible service to the whole. It's not what kind of service do I like? You know, do I enjoy serving in this way or that way or what turns me on or what, you know, rocks my boat? Or It's how can I give the greatest service? It's so simple. And it's in the Ethereum Society, those of us who believe in the Ethereum Society, it's very clear that there's no argument. If you do believe in this, there is nothing which really compares to it at all um so thanks very much paul uh, some very good insights uh, what what say you darren yeah i think you know as you pointed out we all have to decide what we do with the time that we have available to us on earth and um as someone who's 
who sees in these teachings um, the answer in terms of their life purpose, their spiritual mission, their destiny. And like Paul, you know, not left with any doubt because the sense of inner knowing and realization mm. there's, you know, just, it just makes so much sense to dev- to to choose to help on this global level in cooperation with this, these extraterrestrials and this amazing and unique opportunity that we have here. Yeah, and of course, that is Darren Ball you've been listening to there, who's our producer, appears every week on the show and uh, always has your questions, your comments on hand. It's, it's quite difficult, isn't it, Darren, to decide which ones to pick because they're so good and they're so enlightening, some of these comments we're getting. Yeah, I think they really speak to the spiritual quest. You know, it's not an easy one, uh, but what else is there? And, um, yeah. you know, people really share, you know, different aspects of their own journey and experience and questions they have about that. Uh, so if you're tuning in for the first time, you can find out more about the Nine Freedoms, Mars, Sex Six, and Dr. George King by visiting our website. That's ethereus.org, A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And if there is an experience or something about your journey that you'd like to share, do write to us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. So here's a question, Richard, heartfelt comment, I think, from someone uh, who's searching for answers, and it goes as follows. Um, I have depression and anxiety, and for the past two years, I've found myself drawn towards, and rather quickly, spirituality as an answer. I often find myself questioning my purpose in life. Um, and on a rather confusing journey about how I can find true happiness. I've had a lot of negativity building up in the past few years, and I feel like I'm on the brink of having enough, and I, I want to take some action and be the happiest and best version of myself that I can. But I just don't know what to do next. Interesting. I mean, I'm, I am not sort of psychotherapist or trained in that field at all, but I've been told by many people, actually, who are, that one of the things that can lead to depression is this constant desire to be happy uh, because you're always mm. measuring yourself up against how happy am I really? Am I? And when you start to analyze it, it, it can fall apart a bit. And that's why, as I said earlier on, I didn't know what question was coming, actually. Yeah, but, it's strange, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that happens quite often. But, you know, it's not to search for the very search for a happy life has a selfish undertone to it. Um, mm. If you're and that and selfishness, as I understand it, can lead to depression. I mean, uh, I'm not saying it's a total cause of it. As I say, I'm not medically qualified in this area, and certain people may well need help with mental health issues from professionals. Let's say that straight away. But as well as that, there is a spiritual solution to everything. And you know, if you are fired up, and you find this actually in the Third Freedom by Mars Sector Six. Concentrate, and this isn't an exact quote, but concentrate on the problems of your of others, and your own problems will disappear. Um, I, as I say, that's not an exact quote, but um, it the spirit of it. It's not that they won't have to be dealt with; it's just that they won't uh, sort of bring the anxiety, uh, the depression, and the worry, the negative worry, and all of that with them. Because you are focused on other people who have a much bigger problem than you do. I mean, I was asked quite recently by someone who's been a member of the Ethereum Society, has a lot of issues in their life and things they have to deal with, quite genuinely deal with, to do with family members and so on. Um, what they should do, should they you know, just concentrate on sorting out their life or should they try and do both? And I said, well, look, what you have to think about is not just, you know, and, and what the way they framed it is, should I give up my path in order to help with these issues that family members have and so on? 
And the way that question is framed, it implies it's almost like you're doing this just for yourself. And I said to this person, no, don't do it just for yourself. If you can't do it for yourself, and this is something Dr. King once said, do it for others. Do this path for others. And then a lot of these negatives will fall away quite naturally. That would be my advice. I mean, there's many things you can do to cope with depression and anxiety. But I think it comes back to the point we made earlier in the show before Darren even gave the question. See what you think is the biggest difference that you can make in the world. It might be joining in with online services. It might be giving healing. It might be working for what you believe is the greatest cause on earth and really dedicating yourself to that. And then, although problems will still have to be sorted and you should help family members at times and all the rest of it, pay the bills, all those things have to be done, they don't carry the weight because your perspectives change, because you see them for what they are, which is not, I won't say trivia, but far less serious than the problems now being faced by some people in Ukraine, some people in other parts of the world, which make the kind of things that cause us depression and anxiety quite trivial by comparison. It brings some measure of balance and it fires you up with a sense of purpose because you know that you can make a difference. And that's even better than a happier life. In fact, I would say it goes with a happier life because, as we always end our show, service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show. Welcome back. Before we get started with the show today, I do want to just give the exact quote which I approximated in the last show. Uh, We were talking about the fact that people, if you concentrate on the problems of others, that can lessen your own problems. They've still got to be dealt with, but because you're focused on something on the bigger picture, they don't have lost some of the anxiety, some of the negativity that sometimes goes with these problems. You you, you get a greater perspective. Uh, But I didn't give the exact quote, which is taken from the third freedom by Mars Sector 6, and this is it. Break away from your own troubles by concentrating upon the sufferings of others. Very simple advice, but I think one of the keys to having less troubles. You break away from them. So I say the issues may will, probably will. They might be health. They might be uh, people who need help in your family. They might be all kind of work-related. They've got to be dealt with. Um, sometimes we take on problems and troubles that we shouldn't even be dealing with at all. They're a complete diversion from what's necessary. So that you need to work out. But essentially, it's concentrating on the problems of others. It's service. And that brings us to our a return guest today, 
My good friend Mark Bennett, we're happy to have him back again on our show. He chose this spiritual path at a very early age, and he's based in London. He's an international director He's a, of our society. He's the co-author of two books with myself, God's Guides and Guardian Angels, and Prayer Energy, and he did a lot of work. That Those two books would not exist in the form they're in at all without the work that Mark did on them. So today, he's going to be talking about an extract from the third freedom, service. One, a person who is rendering true spiritual service, not self-delusion. True spiritual service to those who need it, is worth ten who retreat from the suffering of others in order to bring about a state of joy and peace within themselves. This Declaration do I throw into every mental realm. I would inform those sadhus who, in total disregard of human needs, retreat into the wilderness. I would say, come you hence, for you are fools. Service, my friends, is greatness. Serve and a be great, nay, be everlasting. All transmissions now discontinued. I think there's a great danger on the spiritual path of underestimating service. Even if we think service is important, even if we think that service is the most important thing we can do, there is still a temptation to think of it as a chore, as the grunt work, as something we have to do because it's compassionate and good, but not the real top stuff, not the really profound stuff, not the great heights of spirituality really, but more just a means to an end. A few years ago, but already after many years on the spiritual path, I began to realise how wrong this was. Service is not just something we have to do. Service is not even just the most spiritual thing we can do. It is also the most profound, the most mystical, the most deeply linked to our divine nature. 
We see this in these amazing words from Mars Sector 6. Serve and be great, nay, be everlasting. This is the kind of thing you hear and you let it just wash over you. You get the basic idea of how wonderful service is and that's it. But let's look at what is actually said. Serve and be great. Well, that's easy enough to grasp, on a basic level at least. But what about Mars Sector 6 taking it up a notch? In fact, up a very large notch, from great to everlasting. This really does take it out of the realms of the mundane. How overused is the word great in English? For example, one of the great actors of our generation, when this absurd hyperbole applies to nothing more than some idiot who is reasonably good at pretending to be someone else for our entertainment. This is not greatness by any stretch of the imagination. Or perhaps even worse, something like, would you like a sandwich? And the reply being, yes, that'd be great. We probably all do it. I certainly do. But when we stop and think about it, we can see how absurd it really is. So Mars Sector 6 here is taking service out of any conceivable danger of being underestimated by rescuing it, as it were, from the word great, which in our general conversational use of this word, we have demeaned and debased until it is almost worthless. And he has done this by putting it on a level that is truly and unambiguously free of association with the ordinary, with the basic, with the everyday petty nonsense of the foolish lives of many of us much of the time. What is everlasting? Actors are not everlasting. Sandwiches are not everlasting. Not even planets, solar systems or galaxies are everlasting. So what is everlasting? Only one thing. Only one thing is everlasting, and that is God, the divine, the creator, the one source. This and this alone is everlasting. So if service makes us everlasting, then service makes us God. God is all, therefore we are already God. So to be precise, service does not make us God. But service enables us to become conscious of being God. This is the meaning of enlightenment, which interestingly enough is the next of the nine freedoms. Service is God's nature. To contemplate service is to contemplate the psychology of God. Why is service the greatest thing in creation? Why did God make manifestation in that way? Why did God express itself as us with this, with service, as the path back to knowledge of its own true self? Here's a quick thought, not a fact, just an idea. If God is all, then there is nothing outside of itself to serve. Service is, as it were, the one thing it cannot do. 
How can you be of service if you are complete perfection with nothing outside of yourself that needs your help? And so God, by wrapping itself up in matter as individual beings, be it a plant, an ant, a human or a planet, is then able to serve other individual beings. It is as if God's creation of the universe is, as it were, inspired by its desire to serve, which it can only do by limiting itself as individualized beings. It is by creating individualized selves that it is able to express its selflessness. For it is only then that there is anyone to be of service to. Gosh, Darren. Uh, one thing you can guarantee when you invite Mark to give one of his excellent insights on this show is that it's going to be deep. It's going Absolutely. to be no nonsense, and it's going to be deep. And that was very deep. That's uh, a lot of lot to contemplate right there. Um, you know, one thing I always take from that extract that uh, Mark chose there from Mars Sector 6 is you do get, I feel, I always felt, a full tenor as it were, of how Mars Sex 6 really feels about people who don't serve, mm. the sadhus who, let's face it, were admired just for being yeah. sadhus for many centuries and, and, and still are by, by many. And yet to him, they are fools. And mm. uh, But certainly, thank you, Mark, for bringing a lot of uh, insights, thoughts, realizations to the table of the Spiritual Freedom Show. Uh, Darren, over to you, our producer, Darren Ball. Uh, what are your uh, comments have you got for us this week? Yeah, I think we've got a comment here that's actually very relevant to uh, what Mark contributed, uh, even you know some of the comments that you've just made. Uh, but first of all, if you're tuning in for the first time, you can find out more about the Nine Freedoms, Mars Sector 6, and Dr. George King by visiting our website, ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S dot org. And if you have a question or comment or something about your own life that you'd like to share, do write to us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. So as I said, Richard, this came in recently. I thought it was a great point to share uh, for spiritual seekers about the nature of spiritual truth and the study of it. Mm -hmm. So it goes as follows. Thanks for another great show. One thing I realized is that Richard understands how to study truth. I think it's quite a rare quality to listen and then to think about the actual words being said. This may seem very obvious, but I feel that in this speedy age in which we live, words are not given the respect or value that they really deserve, especially words of truth. So often, people seem to answer before listening. In other words, they've already made up their minds what they want to say before a person has even finished speaking. If we can't listen to or understand a simple conversation, then how can we understand truth when we hear or read it? I think most of us have to begin by listening to the actual words. In these spiritual freedom shows, we have the opportunity to learn how to do this. That one thing alone makes these shows so very valuable. If we can understand more deeply the words of a karmic lord, we are definitely growing in our journey towards enlightenment every time that we do this. Thank you, Darren. Yeah, that is a very appropriate comment and a very and thank you to the person who made that comment. Um, and very relevant, I think, to the way Mark was tackling his thoughts today. Mm. Um, and of course, where we're so lucky uh, in the Ethereum Society in general, this doesn't only apply to the nine freedoms, is that we have these transmissions which were delivered through Dr. King while in a state of somatic trance. And that does mean that, that we can pretty much bet on the words, which you couldn't yeah. do with a lesser kind of a medium. And I speak myself as a much lesser a kind of a medium uh, who doesn't do it in somatic trance. 
And no matter how intense your concentration might be, and for me, it's very, very hard work, uh, you don't reach that level um, where you, you might, you certainly can get a good sense of what is being said and some of the words. But here with our teachings, you have much higher, of course, communicators, but also tremendous accuracy. So I don't think I can add to that. I think it's a very, very, and very valid and useful comment. I think the only thing I can do, though, is end with some words delivered while Dr. King was in Samadhi by Mars Sector 6, with which we always end our show, that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show. Welcome back. And uh, today we have another return guest, uh, someone whose voice you'll know very well because you hear her at the beginning of every podcast that we do. And that is Lisa Rosser, a staff member of the Ethereum Society at the American headquarters in Los Angeles. Uh, she was here for a while and we very much enjoyed having her here at the European headquarters. She did some wonderful work here. And she does a lot of invaluable work to promote the teachings. For example, she's a regular contributor to the Ethereum Society blog. But today, like all the speakers on this show, it's people who live these teachings or are aspiring to live these teachings in their lives. And she's going to be talking about an extract from a lecture by Dr. George King on the fourth freedom, enlightenment. The conscious mind... <coughs> likes to regard itself as the master. Uh, now, this is a habit which it has built up throughout the lives. It is no good dictating to this because you will lose. So, what we have to do is this, and this is a tip which many, many people have found they say to be good. We have to treat it as we would a fish. You know, when you catch a fish on a line, the first thing you do is let your reel go and let him take the line with him until he gets tired. Then you pull him in. Conscious mind is like this. You are not going to control it by any kind of force. The average person certainly can't. Because the more you try to force, the more it will put in, shall we say, devious thoughts. Thoughts, patterns of another nature. I think that the practice Dr. George King has given here is just fantastic on so many levels. 
I personally have found this practice to be quite amazing. It's very simple. It doesn't take a lot of time to do. And it also, I think, teaches us one of the most important lessons that we can learn, and that's how to gain control of our mind. And when I personally would first sit down and try to perform my spiritual practices, I would have the intrusive thoughts that Dr. King talks about. I would think about household chores that need to be done. I would think about what happened at work that day or what's going to happen the next day. I would spend time thinking about how much time I have to do the practices. <laughs> um, and so I wasn't making the best use of, of the time that I had set aside. And I would get down on myself about this. I was disappointed that I struggled so much to focus on a spiritual practice and focus my mind. And I found this quite strange because I could focus on a task during the day. I was able to pay attention in meetings. I was, you know, able to focus on the things that I needed to focus on. But as soon as I tried to quiet my mind, my focus was gone. And I just thought of everything except the spiritual practice that I wanted to think about. And when I heard this extract from Dr. King, from the fourth freedom, enlightenment, and the lecture, I realized that I'm not the only person to struggle with this. I'm just, in fact, one of those average people he was talking about who was not able to force their mind to do anything. And this was quite a realization for me that I had let my mind control me for many lifetimes. And as such, it's just going to take some time for me to take this control back. So now when I sit to do practices, I can sit and see where my mind goes. And when it drifts off, I let it go for a while. And then I gently try to bring my thoughts back to the deep breathing or the affirmation as Dr. King had suggested. And sometimes this takes more time than I would like, but I never try to get, I try to never get down on myself or force my mind. And I have found that without fail, when I do take the time and perform this fishing line practice, instead of just jumping into the affirmation or mantra, whatever practice I'm performing, the practice is better. I feel more focused. I feel more calm. I feel more uplifted. And I just feel that I'm getting more out of whatever practice I'm performing because I've spent a little bit of time just focusing my mind. Also, as a side effect, I have found that this has been really beneficial in my day-to-day -day life, aside from when I'm doing my practices. I feel I'm better able to control any intrusive thoughts I have throughout the day. I remember when I first learned that thoughts are things and that a thought can be just as harmful as a physical act. And while this made sense to me, I thought it was horrible news. <laughs> How many times have I had a negative thought or been angry with someone or something and I was concerned about how much harm I may have caused without even realizing it. And that made me want to start to control my mind so that I could stop having any kind of negative thoughts. And this is obviously much easier said than done, and it is still a struggle for me. But I think by practicing this fishing line practice, I am actually getting better even when I'm not just 
trying to perform a spiritual practice. It's throughout the whole day. I know that um, I have a very long way to go towards enlightenment, but this has helped me be more patient with myself and my thoughts. I'm more understanding of what my mind is doing and how I can control it a little bit better. So I thought I would share that, and I hope you all find this wonderful practice to be as helpful as I have. Thank you so much, Lisa. You know what I'm really enjoying, Darren, uh, Darren Ball, our producer, um, you know, in these various insights from different people who are living these teachings to different degrees in their lives, but all focused on doing so, is each one brings their own sort of hallmark. And I think Lisa Mm -hmm. brings great honesty, uh, great self-honesty to the table here of the Spiritual Freedom Show. I think we should talk about the table of the Spiritual Freedom Show, what people bring to it. And uh, it's really welcome. And uh, I think that was a very helpful thing. What say you, Darren? Yeah, very helpful personal reflection, very honest. And I think it, you know, anyone out there who's experienced a similar kind of struggle in their own kind of beginning of their spiritual quest, starting to, you know, sit down and do these practices, but um, finding it hard to do that. I mean, it's. It, I think it's helpful and reassuring to know they're not alone, but there are practices that you can do. So you don't have to focus on what you can't do, but rather what you can practice in order to make progress, which is what I think she demonstrated here. I quite well. agree. And I, I actually agree with that. I do love that practice of the, of the, uh, you know, the, the fishing line. Um, we actually had got a fishing line on the video, the DVD that goes with Realize Your Inner Potential. Oh, yeah, we yeah. borrowed it from a very well-known radio presenter in Britain because he, he's a fisherman. None <laughs> <laughs> of us were. But, uh, it, you know, to, that was one of the, the, the kind of most lengthy film sequences in the whole thing, doing that. But and that's by the by. The point is, though, it, it, it isn't a good image. Whether you agree, whether you're a vegan, a vegetarian, that's not – it's just purely an image um, mm. that, that's very helpful. And this whole concept of being unforced, development, that the, the mind should cannot be forced, development cannot be forced, and on this path not even kundalini should be forced. It's mm. an unforced development. But it still has to be nurtured and pressured without force. It's pressure without force. And, of course, one thing, if you want to go above some kind of lower mind the conscious mind or any aspect of it, and you want to go, you have to go above it in order to transmute it, if you like, or change it. You can't just fight it uh, at its own level. It won't, I've seen it over and over again. I've people come on, they've said, I can see this works. I can see this is the path. I can see I should do X, Y, or Z. Uh, they can see it intellectually with their conscious mind, and then they try to live it and something happens. And I've had people say to me, you know, I know what I should do, but I don't want to do it. Mm. Uh, that's quite honest of them, really. It and is, and I, I said, well, yeah. that if that's your only problem, you haven't got a problem. And they look at me amazed. And I say, because your higher self wants to do it. So all you have to do is contact your higher self. Then you will want to do it. And the path to that, of course, is through the spiritual practices and service and so on. And there'll come a time when you're in the very fortunate position. And I do regard it as fortunate. And I I thank God that I've personally been in this position uh, for a long time, which is that you actually what you should do is what you want to do. I mean, don't get me wrong. You don't want to do every bit of it. Not all of it is enjoyable. And there can be a lot of problems, tests, challenges. You can get a lot of criticism. You can get a lot of unfair allegations. You can get all kinds of things happening if you're at the forefront of a great 
purpose. In fact, if you're not getting anything like that, you're not at the forefront of a great purpose. I'd be that definite. But essentially, it's what you want. And if you're in that position, you're in a very fortunate position. Yeah, absolutely. I think it uh, almost takes us back to the first show we had in this little sequence here, which is happiness as pleasure versus happiness as meaning. Mm. And, uh, you know, the, the, the real fulfillment that we get from, uh, you know, the concern for the welfare of others, helping others and living up to those personal ideals. And I think it connects well with what you're saying there um, in, in terms of answering to our higher self and following that path. Exactly. And this brings us to our comment, our question of the week, Darren, what do you have for us? Sure, I've got a zinger here for you, Richard. But before we get there, if you're tuning in for the first time, you can find out more about the nine freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 and Dr. George King by visiting our website, ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And if you've got a question, even a difficult one, that you'd like to put to Richard, do share it with us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. So, Richard, we have one here as follows. This person says, I've been reading the website, listening to some of the podcasts. I'm open-minded, but my friends are more skeptical than I am. Maybe you can help. If someone asks you for evidence of life after death, what would you say to them? Um, well, I'm not going to say die, and you'll find out, because that, that isn't very constructive. Um, I, I'm in a slightly unusual position in that I've had contacts with quite a few people who have died, and they proved it to me beyond all doubt that they are genuine contacts. Um, but you don't have to do that, by the way. I think there are various things that you can do. First of all, you can study a great teacher like Dr. George King, and there are some things that he says that we don't know for a fact, but we take it on, you know, because of his record and because he's proved himself to us, we take it as fact. And so you can follow a teaching without having any direct experience of it being true yet. But there again, there are things that can happen that do indicate this. And one is contact of one kind or another with people who aren't physically alive. And you can get that through psychic development, through clairvoyance, uh, through mediumship. If you decide to go down that route, even though I have gone down that route, I don't think it's an essential route for most people. But it's certainly one which will show this to you. And there are certain certain. Uh, rules, I would say spiritual rules about how you should use that if you do go down that route. It's not really for the purposes of maintaining emotional relationships with deceased relatives and so forth. That's not the primary purpose of it. And that shouldn't be the ongoing purpose of it. It might help in a bereavement. But overall, that's not what it's about. It's about becoming aware. Another way is through out-of-body experiences leaving the body. It's amazing how many people have had out-of-body experiences or even near-death experiences where people have met a great figure of light and they've temporarily for perhaps a short period technically died and then they've come back to their body. So you can study these things. You don't have to have done it yourself, but there is plenty of evidence of contact with uh, the, the deceased. My book, God's Guides and Guardian Angels, was written really mainly to show that mediumship works so that people could look at a higher medium than myself, such as Dr. George King. But there is a lot of evidence out there, and it, it is a real thing. And yes, of course, people will doubt it. You don't have to prove it to them. You only have to prove it to yourself. That would be my tip of the week, really, Darren. Great um, guidance, Lopi, with that. I think the, the examples that you have in the book, actually, God's Guides and Guardians, are a great um, kind of doorway for people to start to see all of these different types of evidence that you're talking about there and very helpful in that respect. Good. And Dr. King has lectured extensively on it and brilliant lectures he's delivered too. And brings us to the end of another podcast with the words we always close with, service is the jewel in the rock of 
attainment. Mm-hmm.